everyone, and welcome to another episode of N-Express Nintendo Podcast, the official Nintendo podcast of GoombaStomp.com. I'm your host, Cameron Dax, and joining us, we have games editor Mark Kalaroff. This is the only week I regret having a Mac. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that MacBook regret setting in. Uh, also with us, indie games editor Campbell Gill. And this is the week where I thank the Lord that I'm a pro gamer and have a PC. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's the the appropriate praise to be given to the PC. Uh, but best of all, uh, returning special guest, marketing director for Yacht Club Games, Celia Schilling, say hello. Hey guys, it's good to be back. <laughs> We're so happy to have you, Celia. Uh, thank you once again for coming on the show. Uh, we have just Campbell and I specifically, uh, as we alluded to in our intro, have been playing the demo for Mina the Hollower an upcoming game from Yacht Club that is being kickstarted as we speak right now uh, with the Kickstarter campaign ending early in March. Uh, it's a game, it's a retro-inspired game, a Game Boy color aesthetic. It's it's a 2D Zelda-like. It's so many things. Uh, we're excited to talk about it. But before we dive into that, Celia, how the heck are you? What's new? How's everything? I'm great. Uh, really busy. <laughs> um, sure. So the thing that you mentioned, like the Kickstarter and then announcing, you know, the Hollower, it's been such a, a fun blur of excitement. Um, yeah. So we announced Mina the Hollower on early February. Oh my gosh, it feels like lifetimes right now. Um, yeah. We had a Yacht Club mm -hmm. Games Presents. We announced updates about Shovel Knight Pocket Dungeon. We even updated on Dig. We celebrated Cyber Shadow's one year anniversary and we went, bam! Hello guys, meet our new IP and brand new Kickstarter. So it's it's just been a wave of fun. Um, we're really thankful for G4's X-Play and Gerard for having us on. Yeah, yeah. That, that, what, a, what a great stream uh, that was. The energy was like crackling. Uh, you, you could tell that everybody was just super hyped to, to, to showcase this stuff and to reveal uh, Mina the Hollower specifically. I thought it was really, really cool. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I guess I should say congratulations to you and to Yacht Club. Like, what, what an accomplishment. It's, it's, it's been a, an exciting couple of weeks, as you just kind of alluded to. Campbell, do you want to take it away with with our first couple of questions here? Absolutely, give it to me. Let's get going. So, um, so Cameron, you provided a great little intro to the game, but I'm thinking it's Celia's turn now. Does this describe what Mean to the Hollower is all about for our listeners who may not be familiar with the game? So, in your own words, Celia, can you just tell everybody about what Mean to the Hollower is all about? Um, yeah, of course. So, on a, in a general sense, yeah, you know, you covered the the inspirations of the Game Boy Color. Um, you did mention, I th I think some of its like game, I guess equivalents or similar uh, genres. But um, at the end of the day, Me the Hollower is a brand new adventure from our studio. You'll play mm -hmm. as Mina. She's a whip-wielding hollower and visionary inventor. Uh, she receives a troubling letter from her good old friend, Bar Baron Lionel, um, who's like this overseer of this island called Tenebris Isle. And she heads over there to see what's going on. Um, her like a spark technology is something that she had invented, like powered the island. And for some reason, all the generators are shutting down. So she heads over there to see what's going on. And foul play is suspected. So like, there's a lot of fun <laughs> story there going on. But oh, all in all, you're going to explore a pixel perfect world in the game. And we're really excited to share this new adventure with you. 
Absolutely. And it's so exciting just to see this as it's, it's really a new direction for Yacht Club mm-hmm. as well, because you've been making so many great Shovel Knight games for the past few years, and they're fantastic. But now we're moving from these wonderful action platformers to top-down kind of Zelda-like uh, action adventures. So I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about what the initial inspiration was behind the game. Why move from working on so many platformers to this approach to an action adventure style game? So for it, we love all different types of gaming in general. Mm-hmm. Like we love, um, you know, like we love platformers. Uh, everyone learned with Shovel Knight Pocket Dungeon, we love roguelikes and puzzlers. Mm-hmm. So this is just another genre that we love to explore. We're big fans of the Game Boy and like the handheld era of gaming. So this is a love letter to that. Uh, games that inspired it, though, um, some people please, are drawing please. connections to Link's Awakening. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say like going still down that route, like Zelda 2 inspirations. Um, there are inspirations from uh, Oracle of Seasons. Um, there's also, let's see, oof, Bloodborne yes. in there. There's Castlevania in there. There's like so many different genres that we love that we're just like combining in there and seeing what new fun ways we can develop the game to have it turn into. Oh my gosh. I'm, I'm so glad you mentioned uh, those those last couple of touches because... Uh, okay, listen, I don't get to talk about this very much because this is, at the end of the day, a Nintendo-focused uh, podcast. Bloodborne mm-hmm. is, like, my favorite video game. Um, <laughs> awesome. I will look for any excuse to work Bloodborne into a conversation, so the fact that you brought it up just means, uh, great, now we get to talk about Bloodborne for a few minutes. Um, the Victorian aesthetic, the gothic sort of architecture, uh, the characters who are all wearing, like, cool coats with upturned collars and lots of buttons and cuffs and whips and all kinds of things like that. I lost my mind uh, coming out of that first little opening area in the demo and you step onto Mm -hmm. the cobblestone streets and there's like a carriage right there and there's big wrought iron gates all over the place. Like, I just cannot wait to see more and more and more of this game. Um, Would you... Okay, so... Obviously, a little bit of a darker tone surrounding mm-hmm. stuff like Bloodborne and Castlevania, especially when compared to something like, uh, you know, obviously uh, um, Shovel Knight had its kind of uh, kind of deeper themes in the in the story of the game and in the lore of the game. But I would say, in general, it's more of like a lighthearted adventure. Uh, it, am I like? Do, would you agree with that or disagree with that? Oh, I totally agree with that. Uh, Meet yeah. the Hollower is a way darker tone than Shovel Knight yeah. is. Mm-hmm. I am so stoked about that. Um, you kind of you led into it yourself, uh, but since, since you brought up uh, Castlevania and Bloodborne, is there any other like I, I had this in quotes uh, foundational texts that you're kind of drawing from as you're as you're working towards the development of this game? Yeah, actually. Uh, so dial it like a couple steps back. Um, so you'd mentioned Shovel Knight. Um, our colleagues keep on joking that we got bit by the spooky bug when we were developing Spectrum <laughs> Torment. Just because we had so yeah. much fun making you know, the creepy crawlies and that darker tones. So uh, with Mina the Hollower, we're really leaning into that. Um, it was inspired by gothic horror. So like in our mm. design chat, like, oh my gosh, so many inspirational pieces. Like they're like, oh, but this would be really cool. And oh, we love this aesthetic. But like uh, drawing upon from like fictional stories from that era, which is like around like the 1700s or so, like Dracula, Frankenstein, wow. uh, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, I don't know, even uh, Edgar Allan Poe, which I'm not sure is from that same 
genre, but still, uh, like, spooky, lots of fun, uh, lots of good stuff there, and yeah, we're, we're really leaning into it, so it'll be a little bit, a lot of bit spooky, but in the, the fun way, not the, ah, I'm really scared way. Unless you want it to be, I don't know, it's, if you have no, it's a, like a weak heart. It's like, a, it's like the, the Haunted Mansion, you know, it's spooky in a fun way. Yeah. Um, and personally, I am absolutely terrified of Game Boy Pixels, too. So, <laughs> oh, no. very scary. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, we have a, um, Celia, we have a scale on this show. If it's scarier than the Polter Pup, it doesn't fly. It's, it's oh, not oh. for us. <laughs> no, I, I, think, I think we'll all be okay. I think we'll all be okay. Um, I'll, I'll be sure to be wrapped up in my little blankie while I play the game to stay comfortable <laughs> throughout it. So. <laughs> That's Amazing. pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, uh, Camp, Camp, I think that leads perfectly into your next question. It absolutely does. So what we were just talking about is the world building in Mean of the Hollower is just so striking. It's so evocative and eerie. I was wondering if you could talk a little bit more about the process that goes into that world building. So like you talked about some of the inspirations, but how do you go about actually applying that into the game design? So my colleagues are creative geniuses. Um, it is yeah. a melting pot of ideas. Um, literally our Slack chat, if you scroll up, you just see like anything and everything. Um, when we established like it's the world of Mina, it kind of became of what else do we want to see there? What would be there? So it's taking our like hopes and dreams of what we'd love to see in an experience in a world like this and applying it to Mina the Hollower. So You'll see a lot of fun, different environments, but um, it's basically a wish list of spooky horror genres that we're just throwing in for different areas and building out. Um, our very talented Alec Faulkner, um, he was initially brought on the team, um, actually Inspector of Torment, uh, as a level oh, designer. No. He's the director of uh, Meet of the Hollower, so a lot of wow. his spooky influences and, and how his brain works of how the level should, you know, grow and be... Um, so he's leading that, and then we have our lead artist, Sandy Gordon, who's also throwing, putting his hat in there, just building out the world. But the cool thing about uh, Yacht Club Games like as a whole is that um, everyone has a hand in it. So when we're designing like a level or like, you know, like the crypt, for example, it's one of those things where it's like, what would make sense in the level? Uh, what is the point to the level? Is it like to teach you? Is there like what items or sidearms or like what exactly you're going to develop there? So there's a lot that goes into it, but everyone has their hands in. And like I said earlier, uh, we got bit by the spooky bug. So it's a wish list of what creepy crawlies you could uh, delve into there. Okay, I, well, the next logical question is, well, what is a creepy crawly that is on your wish list? Ooh, I don't think I'm allowed to say, because oh, one of the creepy okay. crawlies oh. made it in. So, um, <laughs> so no comment there. Oh, shoot, all right, <laughs> but all right. lots of fun me. things from that genre, and I bet your mind can just go wild with thinking of, like, what terrifying but fun creatures Mina could discover while she's trying to... Uh, uncover the mysteries of the aisle that's fair uh, you know uh, uh, Campbell not to uh, not to mess up your flow here but this no, actually keep going uh, it, it remind uh, uh, it's, it's sparking a question for me um so obviously we can't obviously this game is a ways off yes. right so the uh, uh, the Kickstarter obviously it's the Kickstarter is not even over yet um, it's gonna end early next week in March uh, the game is slated for late 2023. Obviously, who knows? You know, that's that's game development. It could get pushed. It could like who 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 freaking knows? Um, it, can you tell us anything about what you think the structure might potentially look like uh, beyond 
Uh, obviously, there's going to be an overworld. There's going to be some dungeons. Uh, I think the intro cutscene sort of alluded to there might be potentially six main areas. Am I am I reading too much into the opening cutscene? Possibly. Okay. Uh, wow, okay. that's a great question. We'll definitely <laughs> reveal more about Mina the Holler through the development process. Mm-hmm. Make sure to check out our updates on our Kickstarter for more details. Um, so anyways. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to trap you, but you're, you're too sharp for me. <laughs> it is all good. Yeah, a lot of things are still in development. Um, one of my favorite things, like I guess, about our studio, and I would say their Achilles heel is, is that we uh, have a hard time putting the creative pen down. So yeah. if I could answer this question right now with the knowledge I personally have, but that could change next week. You know why? Because our team would be yeah. like, you know what would be great? 28 levels. And then we get stuck into making all those levels. So I, I don't yep. know. Um, That's fair. <laughs> I think there's a lot of moving parts, but what I can tell you is get ready for the spookiest action adventure that's based off an 8 fifth aesthetic for the modern era. Get ready for yeah. it, yeah. <laughs> I, listen, so I'm, ready I'm so ready. It's unbelievable. For um, however actually, many levels it might be. <laughs> since, since, we're on, since we're on the topic of Kickstarter, uh, let's can we talk about one of the things that I think is fantastic so far i will say this as soon as i finished the demo i went and kickstarted this game because i, I oh. just like i had to uh Thank you. it was like damn it's i i want to support this it's so it's so for me personally it feels like it was and i'm sure i'm not i'm speaking generally but it really does feel as if it was made for me just was so stoked on it um you've already put like 11 updates up on the kickstarter uh, what kind of things can we can we look forward to in in future updates? The stuff that's on there so far is incredible. Like just the behind the scenes look at what's going on. Uh, what, what 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 is there anything else we can look forward to in, in upcoming updates? So much cool stuff. Um, yeah. So for it, I think the team wants to keep some of the updates a surprise until uh, they're announced, no, especially since we're nearing yeah. the end of the Kickstarter. But yeah. moving forward, um, just like our shovel knight like original campaign on Kickstarter. The The team likes to be pretty transparent during the development process, so expect a lot of cool things to be shared throughout it, whether it be um, with the backers, like literally in the development room of how we decide things, um, and also like art, new characters, um, concept art. Like there's so many fun things that we're so excited to share, uh, but that's all of a mystery right now because we of like course. to keep things a surprise. Of but course, we're we're so excited to spoil the community, so get yeah. ready for some fun stuff. <laughs> I, I I already feel spoiled just just by like uh, seeing there's these great. Um, well, Campbell has a question about this a little bit later, but uh, I just want to quickly mention uh, you do a side by side comparison of a a screenshot from Oracle of uh, Oracle of Seasons or maybe Oracle of Ages. Uh, contrasted with me and the hollower like right next to each other and it's beautifully striking to, to see how much uh, you guys nailed the Game Boy Color aesthetic it's incredible um, so I don't know I already feel spoiled and that's just like a, like like one of the very first updates so I'm looking forward to, to so much more I just got just got yeah. like seeing the concept art and stuff on the Kickstarter too is so good like the little drawings of Mina and stuff too like just getting that little peek behind there like Cameron was saying it's just delightful so very much looking forward to seeing how you spoil everybody going forward <laughs> thank you so much well to answer like on both notes uh like for Game Boy Color I, I am such a Game Boy person um oh, I collect know. Game mm-hmm. Boys I I yeah we've, we've had this conversation but um with Mina the Hollower yeah the, the aesthetic it really reigns true because, like, 
Sandy, for example, he's such an artistic genius. Um, like the art assets for it, it conforms to the Game Boy Color's palette restrictions, like for sprites. So there's like only four colors per eight by eight pixel tile. Like just everything that they do is amazing. And to see Sandy break that down and get like super excited about it is, is such a treat. Even like on the side, like he's like my coworker, but to see him being so excited about something like that is is really fun. And it's fun as a Game Boy fan to really see the breakdown of like why certain things, you know, were on the Game Boy and it gave me a, it's giving me a new appreciation for my favorite classic handheld. So I'm, I'm just as like stoked as you guys. <laughs> yeah, totally. And I mean, I, I think we got to jump ahead to the, the question that Cameron was alluding to, just being that it's so cool to see how the game, you know, falls up on those Game Boy inspirations to the point where even on the Kickstarter mentions this, the amount of pixels on the screen is basically the same as you ha would have on an original Game Boy, just adjusted to be 16 by 9. So mm -hmm. that has to be such a development challenge to create a modern game with those limitations. So could you describe a little bit of what the challenges are of trying to develop in that style? I mean, it's, there, there's a few, like, reigning true to, like, for, okay, so, uh, I feel like I have to rewind this a little bit. Um, so, yeah, we changed the resolution of it, because Game Boy is a very compact resolution, so, like, a challenge is, is keeping the aesthetic true to what you remember, but not saying so reliant on it that it inhibits modern development, if that mm. makes sense. Like, yeah, for example, totally. the OSG resolution was, like, 160 by 144, and that's, like, that's tiny. That's itty-bitty tiny. Like, so when we remember our Game Boys, <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, that was great. But, like, as an adult, you look at it, you're like, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's small. <laughs> um, so, yeah, to have it be 256 by 144, so it's it, it still holds true to your heart, but it, it looks better on a TV and fits things, I guess, more... Uh, more conveniently because CRT's uh, resolution, you know, it was very, it was very square. So even if you played on your Game Boy Player, you know, it, it fit more correctly where now modern TVs aren't that size anymore. <laughs> <laughs> or that shape. <laughs> or that shape or anything, you know? Yeah. So it's just kind of reigning true to that. And it's like, it's just keeping things as organic as possible throughout that process while at the same time making sure that it, yeah, it's, it's convenient for modern development. Because like Shovel Knight, you know, we like exploring um, like our old retro aesthetics, but with a modern twist. Yeah, so it's it's like keeping that keeping that uh, that ethos alive uh, as yeah. you continue forward with this game. I think it's so. I mean, listen, obviously the game is not out yet. It's got a ways to go. So far, I think it's at least if the demo is any indication, it, it really does feel like uh, you guys are really onto something here. Um, it's funny. I was doing a little spring cleaning last week, and I I did pull out my my old Game Boy Color that I found in the back of a closet, and. Uh, yeah, it's a small screen. <laughs> it's, uh, it's very funny comparing it to like a Switch or like a, I just got an OLED, a Switch uh, OLED recently. It's it's really Lucky. funny comparing the the teeny tiny Game Boy Color screen to a uh, to a new Switch screen. Um, it, yeah, it's striking, an interesting difference. Um, very very interesting indeed. Um, and so maybe getting a little bit back to, to Mina as well. Um, I was really interested where, by what you mentioned about the balance of, you know, des designing it like it's a retro game, but with modern sensibilities. That definitely shows through in the demo that we played, you know, with the fact that there's lots of, there's frequent checkpoints and you can, there's a really dynamic uh, system of items and arsenals for you to load up. But obviously at the same time, 
the game is designed to harken back to those classic Game Boy Color games that we all know and love. So I wanted to know a little bit more about how you go about like balancing from a game design perspective, being loyal to those games that inspired you, but then still uh, putting in those modern ideas and those modern twists on it. Okay, so at Yacht Club Games, you know, we don't just want you to make games that, you know, that you love. We want to make games that make you love gaming. So that mm. takes inspiration from our own love of gaming. When you were a kid and you were playing those fun games on your Game Boy Color, don't you really wish there was a certain item or a, or a, there was something that, you know, give that little extra push to a certain game or something of the sort? Or were there aspects of the game that you absolutely loved? Like there's, there's lots of different things as a gamer and taking your wishes and your wants and your hopes and your dreams and then applying it to the game that you're working on uh, really helps. <laughs> um, so it's one of those things of uh, we take our, our collective pool of knowledge and we combine it with our inspirations and like dreams of different things for the Game Boy Color and meshing it together. My coworkers are creative geniuses and they, they really make it happen. <laughs> Well, and don't don't count yourself out there. I mean, you you are also contributing to this team. You know what I mean? No, I agree. I just feel like I fan about them all the time because, uh, like, <laughs> I was like yeah, I was I a Shovel Knight fan before I worked for the company, and right. so like in my interview, they're like, "Oh, have you, you know played you know have you played the Shovel Knight games?" And in my head, I was like, "Oh, don't tell them. I'm a huge fan." I mean, yeah, I've I've uh, dabbled in Shovel Justice before. You know, pretty cool. <laughs> so it's kind of one of those things where it's like, oh, I like sit on their meetings and I like I hear all the like creative juices running and it's like oh man um this is so cool I am in yeah. a cool place <laughs> that's that's got to be really inspiring speaking of balance I do have to ask Celia um so sh you know Yacht Club Games as a whole has been getting more into storytelling in their games mm -hmm. and there's definitely been more characterization to just their whole cast in general will Mina the Hollower have the I don't want to say you know the most narrative driven game yet that Yacht Club has developed, but will it have more story than, say, like, Shovel Knight? That's a very good question. You should stay tuned to our development process throughout Not the Kickstarter. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. Um, there Incredible. is... There's a lot of story that's going in, involved in the game, and my, my coworkers yeah. are very hands-on, and... Oh man, I don't know what I can reveal. I feel like well, this we, is the we'll, hardest we'll, interview. Let's tell you what. Let's keep it. Let's keep it. Let's keep it to the demo, because because the demo really does like e even in the. It's a pretty uh, obviously. There's no like plot beats that occur in the demo. It's all very yeah. confined to you know. You got the tiny little slice of overworld. You got the uh, the lead up to the crypt, and then you have the crypt itself. And I would say within that, there are NPCs that you can talk to, but they don't reveal anything about the story. Um, so, so Mark, ba based on what I've played in the demo, I can I can confidently say that e even if we don't know what like the I'm sorry, it's my cat in the background. Uh, even if we don't know what the plot of this game is going to be, um, there's definitely going to be like a ton more, just a lot of like interesting characterization going on. I'm, I'm thinking specifically of. Uh, the what's her name? The the character who's the little mole misses something who's who's digging um right outside the crypt and she's like, Oh, you're gonna dig up my graves. Um even <laughs> though you only talk to her for like a couple of lines, she just has a very strong characterization. It's like, Oh, who's who's digging up my graves? It's you then. Like it's <laughs> incredible. Um yeah, I, I am. Yeah. I imagine her with a Cockney type accent. Hundred <laughs> percent. I imagine them all British, but it's, it's not confirmed. That is not. That is my my fan <laughs> canon. 
Not canon, but say, I imagine them all British. <laughs> that's my head canon from now on. And frankly, whenever I play a text-only game without voice acting, I just imagine everyone's British anyway. Ooh. It just makes it more fun. <laughs> it makes it more fancy, huh? It really does, yeah. Especially throwing some Cockney in there for a good re- good uh, flavoring. It's perfect. Um, that's so funny. Uh, uh, Campbell, go, go back to your... You have a question here that we kind of skipped over to talk about Game Boy stuff, but let's talk about... Uh, you see what I'm uh, right, up, right up here? Yes, I do see what you're highlighting in the Google yes. Doc, Cameron. Yes, very smooth. <laughs> <laughs> trying, to be, trying to be subtle, but it's fine. Yes, so very, very subtle. But I really did want to get a little bit more into the gameplay as well, mm-hmm. um, because that's it's so good. <laughs> but um, not only does it just really call back to the top-down you know, um, Zelda-like action, but there's some new mechanics thrown in there, too, specifically the ability to burrow. I mean, it can just burrow underground, zip underneath, and then jump out. It's both great for platforming, great for solving puzzles, interacting with the environment. It's quite literally a game-changer. So I wanted to know, where did that idea for taking the Zelda-like formula and throwing this burrowing ability into it, where did that come from? And then how did that mechanic subsequently impact the game design that is a very good question and i actually might not have all the answers to that but from what i know and what i've seen from our teammates is that you know when developing a game boy game there's a focus on certain mechanics that um tend to encompass gameplay so like for example you know with zelda it's you know a b it's you know you have your sword you have your shield but that's also you can sh- like uh shift that out for different customizable like sub weapons um so for this for mina when i don't okay side note why i and i'm realizing this as being head of marketing for the company but it's like we're really into characters that dig uh because <laughs> we, we we hollow and we did. We just delve into everything. But anyway, so once it was decided that Mina was going to be a hollower, and fun fact, hollowing, uh, besides just being burrowing, being a hollower is you're part of a guild that's dedicated to studying the earth and its latent resources. Just throwing that in there. But anyways, mm-hmm. so hollowing is a fun mechanic because it's like, oh, besides walking, you know, hollowing you can do faster. So what kind of interesting mechanics can you do with that? Well, if you're speedy with it, you know, you can jump farther. And it's like, oh, that's great for solving puzzles. So once we decide the mechanic and like, since it's based off the aesthetic of a Game Boy, it's like, okay, so that's the focused mechanic. So what kind of cool ways can we develop that where you can discover new ways of gameplay and play it how you would like? So um, once we, yeah, we got into that, it's it's been a pretty focused mechanic, but what's cool also is we added sub-weapons, we added trinkets, which are like permanent items that you can equip to, um, and they have a variety of different effects. But it's kind of those things where we're basing it off like the normal uh, gameplay of like a Game Boy where it's certain buttons being focused on certain uh, uh, abilities and expanding the world from there. Yeah, it's very much that... Um, uh, uh, remind me, reminded me a little bit of Cyber Shadow, um, uh, the game <laughs> that you guys published last year. Uh, just in, in the, a little bit different, obviously. But just in the way of like, okay, we're gonna have one button dedicated to this, one but de- one button dedicated to that, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it just totally works for me. Like again, not to like just rant and rave about how much I freaking loved this demo, but um, <laughs> the fact <laughs> that Mina has a little wind up before her attack, like yeah. incredible. Like because you know you think because we think back to Zelda, you know you hit you hit the sword button, you instantly use the sword, and that's like so you, you play the game that way. But in this game, you have to actually think about okay, 
I need to have a little bit of distance because she's got that that split second of wind up before she fli flips that whip. Oh my god, sorry, um, Campbell. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Um, no, you're fine. Keep keep on going ahead. <laughs> no, I didn't, I didn't have a point. I was just like saying something that I liked. I didn't have a salient okay. point. So to take that, like for the wind up and all that, I really think think that reigns true to like some of the the bloodborne aspects of the yes. game because as you're going through there, you have to strategize. You can't just button mash because there's certain like you know there's certain frames of where it takes for the wind up. So how can you account for that in your strategy when learning the moves of the the, the monster. So it really helps with that. Also, the whip's called the Night Star, which the is a Night fun... The Night Star, yes. <laughs> yeah, it's a fun reference. <laughs> Extremely good. And you know what? Okay. You got me back on track, Celia. Thank you. Um, no problem. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, uh, it, it is, it, there is that, that very Bloodborne thing. It, it, it's also a very Castlevania thing, because that's mm -hmm. so much of the, of the, uh, you know, the alleged difficulty of Castlevania is that you can't just button mash everything. You do have to think about, like, okay, the whip can only go so far. It takes a sec, like, you can only jump in a certain arc. The, you have to, like, really internalize, here is the arc of the axe. Here is what the, you know, the potion does. Mm -hmm. Like, and I think there's a lot of that present here, um, in in Mina, just in, in, specifically in terms of, of the sub weapons, uh, do you? This is jumping ahead a little bit. Do you have a favorite trinket? Not yet. Not yet. Not that I can talk about. <laughs> what, what, okay, fair enough. What about sub, what about sub weapons? Oh man. Okay, so I have something to admit to you guys. I okay. have my internal names back when we called this project project gothic of what their real their names are i do not remember what they, we actually named them in the game <laughs> yes wow, that's incredible wow. Pro also pro also project gothic extremely good thank you oh my gosh yeah um it was really funny when we were talking to g4 i was like okay let's talk about gothic and they were like really confused what i was talking about and i was like oh oh me to the hollower me to the hollower sorry guys <laughs> i'm like Calling it gothic has been so engraved in my head, so it's it's been a little bit. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, if Square Enix published this game, it would totally be called Project Gothic. So. <laughs> oh my gosh, it'd be yeah, Project Gothic working title, then just Project Gothic. <laughs> exactly. Or maybe exactly. like Project Gothic Octagon or something by the end of it. Oh yeah. man, yeah, because you're right. Because there needs to be a shape in it, like and yeah, it needs like some geometric. Mm -hmm. like yep. situation going on or you know what's, something what's that, the point something that completely doesn't fit at all with the name that will just be like well this is the official title now <laughs> just be like eh, it works it works so yeah no definitely yeah so kind of getting a little bit back on track here um i also really wanted to ask about you were kind of alluding to accounting for, you know, wind-up frames and really uh, mastering the movesets and understanding how enemies react and how your own moves can be used. Um, Mina is definitely a challenging game going by the demo, but, you know, by no means impossible. I was wondering if you could talk a little bit more about uh, balancing the difficulty level of the game. Oh, man. Okay, so how we develop, like all games, is that we try to develop for the center. There's the professional speedrunners, the hard mode champions, and there's also like the casual gamers, like just to pick it up and have fun. So we look at both aspects of gaming and be like, okay, so for every scenario that you're going to be in Mean of the Hollower, what's a way that we could develop it where you're having the most fun? Like if you need to 
Okay, so like for example, we held a uh, a speed running uh, tournament recently. Uh, it was ho uh, Hollow or Hopefuls, and so they sped run the demo. They only had one hour to discover it, and it was just really interesting because it's like, oh, we developed um, like a pathway where you'd bring the the statue head over, but the pro gamers were just like, oh, well, we can just throw it over the ledge over there. You know, we don't need to use like a fairing wisp or anything. We just throw it over and just hope for the best. And oh my god, it worked! I didn't know you could do that. So with development, we provide options uh, for casual gamers to have fun, um, but at the same time, we do leave things in where if a certain person wants to challenge certain things in the game, maybe they could have a really fun surprise. Also, Fairing Wisp. That's the name. That's the name of a trinket. <laughs> I call him. I call him Floaty Guy. Okay, so. Oh, Floaty Guy. Okay, so if like you're floaty like. Floaty Guy is good. Floaty guy's so cool. So if you're like, hey, silly, what's your favorite trinket? I'm like, floaty guy, you guys would be all confused. Or you would know exactly what I'm talking about. I don't know. It depends <laughs> the day. Well, I like, I, like the little, I like the little spider boy, too. Oh, spider boy! Yeah. Oh, my oh, gosh. That was very helpful for me because, the, the okay, I will say this. Uh, if I can offer a, 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 a mechanical a critique... Uh, uh -huh. the, the the knockback is crazy. Um, <laughs> and uh, I kept falling into holes, and it was not a fun time for me. So uh, the little spider boy was extremely helpful. Uh, and also, those I think there's like a pair of boots or something that, that mm -hmm. kind of help, mm -hmm. help with knockback. Uh, also very helpful for me, so that I did not fall into the hole as many times. Just to kind of peel back on the writing process here, I wrote the question about difficulty after I got knocked into a hole for like the 15th time. And I was like, <laughs> let's ask about the difficulty balance. <laughs> Okay, so for the demo, just to keep in mind, uh, this is a media-only demo, so um, certain aspects of what we would do um, are a bit different. Um, sure. So we didn't care about you. No, I'm kidding. Uh, no, so for it... <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. No, we Damn. developed it more... Um, like, you know, because we're getting everything together, so it, it's not the, the polished masterpiece that will be in the final oh, game. Of course. Um, so yeah, difficulty-wise, yeah, we are putting you in a portion of the game, um, partial portion of the game, that uh, <laughs> is, you know, a little bit farther along. Uh, that's one of the reasons that we sent along a manual, so you knew exactly what you were doing. So when you're using that spider boy, hopefully you wouldn't fall into a pit. <laughs> but when normally in the game, uh, you would get set off much earlier where you would learn the adventure a more organic way. Um, <laughs> But for it, normally when we are developing a game, we do keep both aspects in mind um, to make sure everyone has a great experience. Or yeah, the best I mean, experience that you can. <laughs> no, of course. No, listen. I, I, I was only only partially joking. Uh, it's one of those things know, where... Same, same. It's, yeah, it's, it's one of those things where um, in the playing of it, I'm like, this this seems really hard. And then once you master it, it's like you never fall in a hole again. You know? Like, mm -hmm. it, it, like it really does have that... I mean, again... We've got we've got a ways to go. We're at least a year and a half out. Uh, it feels as though it is finely tuned to be uh, difficult yet extremely satisfying. Uh, so who knows? I mean, again, I'm 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 just excited to uh, to experience the, the the full thing. But it's a it's a delightful demo. And even, I was replaying it again before this interview, and um, even in the like re replaying the, the first part of it, it was like already so much more like um, what am I trying to say? Ingrained. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like just, just even playing it again, I was like, "Oh yeah, I got this!" Like, it, yeah, it's one of the it's one of those games that once once you get it, it's just in you. You know? Yeah, hollowing is like riding a bike. Yes. Um, once <laughs> yeah, you absolutely. learn 
Like it, you, you get real good. It, it's, um, it's yeah. yeah it yeah. just it get feels good. so satisfying. Yeah, get good, nerd. No I'm kidding, no. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, no. So with hauling at, it is like riding a bike. You might fall on a couple holes and get a couple scraped knees, but you know, you got your spider boy to to help you out. <laughs> yeah, whenever, yeah. Whenever I'm riding my bike, I always keep my spider boy in my back pocket. So yeah, yeah I, I completely get this. Yeah. Never leave the home without one. Um, <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> yeah. And like that's also, it, this is going a little bit off track here, but it took a while for me to get a hang, get the hang of Halloween, but also just the mere ability to jump all the time, you know, just mm. with it being a Zelda-like game, I'm used to not being able to always jump when you're playing a top-down game like that. So just getting used to that mechanic as well took a little bit of time, but you know, when you did get the hang of it, it felt really good. So. Yeah, no, yeah. no we totally get that. Um, like with the action adventure, like just looking at inspirations, uh, we had a. And, like, this is, like, me kind of quoting one of my other colleagues who was talking about it, but we had to, like, kind of reinvent the wheel to kind of figure out what the most organic way to develop that mechanic. Uh, and reason being is that for that type of jump with a top-down kind of action-adventure game, there aren't many references for having that while well, having also platforming in there. Mm -hmm. So right. it was definitely a hurdle for us to figure out also so we totally understand that you know the experience with it but once you get it you get real good <laughs> absolutely you're a pro by the end of it mm -hmm. so fantastic you join the hollower guild uh, you can join the hollower guild yourself oh wow yeah that's my next career move after this from games journalism <laughs> to joining the, guild. the hollower guild yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, uh side note i know i know you're i know you uh you know i know you have a hand in some of this uh uh, some of these fun physical products. Uh, if we could get a Hollower Guild patch, perhaps, or like Ooh. a, you know, or a sticker or button. I'm just saying, uh, you you would have at least one potential sale uh, right here. <laughs> just saying. Okay, okay right. Two that potential down. sales here. Yeah, just jot that one. Oh, down. Oh, two. Yeah. Okay, jot perhaps that one. Perhaps three. <laughs> yeah, three. Perhaps. Okay, definitely doing it now. <laughs> wow. now yeah, it's no, we have. Yeah, speaking of merchandise, yeah, uh, we've been working with Fangamer to create some really cool Kickstarter backer merch. Um, I'm so excited to share more. That's an update that'll be in the future um, when we start really like getting into nitty gritty details of it and like finalizing production designs. But oh my gosh, we're making some really special uh, backer exclusive merchandise. Uh, oh, for man. the Kickstarter. Well, don't it's tell me that. Really I, I've already, I've already backed it at, at one level. You, you might make me back it again at a higher tier just to get the cool rewards. I don't know that plush. <laughs> can't say much, but dang, it's cool. Oh my gosh. It's big oh, cool. Uh, yeah, but besides that, like, oh my gosh, with like I don't know, with my colleagues, like you know, creating all like the, building out this world. There's so many fun like things. I I keep on seeing in the game being like, oh, that'd be real cool if that was merchandise or I don't know. I really like Midden, uh, that little stinky guy. So I'm like, what kind of stinky merch can we make? He's so funny. <laughs> oh my uh, and the thing is, though, is that initially I like didn't really think much of him. But like to see the crowd's original, uh, or chat technically, uh, his reaction to Midden when we announced it on G4. And they're like, who's that stinky guy? Like, who is he? Ah, Midden. And I'm, uh, now I'm who like, I know who is he, you know? <laughs> It's like, is he stinky, or are we all just stinky, and we just don't know, just like Midden. Uh, wow. <laughs> so, that makes you think. It's poetic. It's really poetic. It's a way of life. Um, so it's kind of those things where it's like, oh, man, like what could we do for that? So there's there's going to be a lot of cool things in the future, not just for the backers, uh, but which is exclusive merch, so they get their own cool thing. But like moving forward, like post-launch, what kind of cool stuff could we have? 
fun I'm, thing to I'm think al- about. Yeah, I'm, I'm always thinking about fun, you know, cool stuff. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Campbell, you want to you jump into the... I know we kind of uh, jumped around a little bit here, but why don't we jump go from here? Yeah, I, I want to... So, I know we said we kind of talked too much about the narrative going forward after the demo, but can we ask about the side quests a little bit, though? Because, for me, that was one of my favorite parts of the demo, um, with there being a side quest towards the end that kind of kind of blew me away personally i know cameron had a similar experience midden or the duke oh uh, it was with... uh, the duke the duke mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah like it was so so cool i mean i guess i don't know if we should talk about it too much i guess if it's press only we can describe it i don't know yeah you can talk uh, about it. yeah i mean i i started playing it i was like oh he's gonna follow you around so the way it works is you as you're going through the crypt, you encounter this guy, the Duke, and you have to just lead, he's looking for his lost love, and you have to lead him through the crypt to somehow reunite him with his love. And he just starts following you around, and I started playing it, and I was like, oh, it's like all of those classic Zelda games where you have Zelda following you around as you go through the dungeon. But then when you actually got to the boss, and then turns out the boss was his love, which was kind of like, oh, that's nice. (laughs) Um, And then he dies, at the end basically <laughs> just crawls into a little crypt and he's wanting to be reunited with his long lost love you put the little uh lid over him you talk to him a little bit and he just stops talking and my jaw kind of dropped as i was playing that. i was like oh i wasn't expecting this to get so dark here you know yeah. um, and that was such a memorable experience it was really really cool so i was wondering first of all if um we could expect more of that like dark tones the storytelling and then also if we can expect more like side quests on that level throughout the campaign so what i can describe to you um yeah no, i that stuck with me too i just like literally like oh he's a funny little himbo and then like, i was like oh no himbo. <laughs> um <laughs> and uh can you guess his nickname before we had the actual name anyways okay so um yeah so for it yeah there were definitely darker tones um it's it is what i can describe it as because i don't want to reveal obviously too much but innocent interactions that unveil themselves into something more i guess devious uh, that really stick with you i i really enjoy the direction that it's going and some of the things that we're, you know, we're fleshing out, it's it's really interesting. And it, it sticks with you. Because you just sit there and you're like, oh, ha. Huh. And you're like, oh, oh, oh my gosh. And it just kind of grows emotionally with you. Like, that's how I felt about the, the Duke situation. Because, you know, at first you're like, yeah, oh, this romance. Kiss, kiss, fall in love. And it's like, oh my god. Oh gosh, no. Duke, are you okay? Yeah. Yeah. And he's not okay. <laughs> oh, he's not, he's not okay at all. Or, or listen, maybe he is. Who knows? Um, oh, He's doing his thing. He just fell asleep. He's having a nice little dream. Ooh, boy. Uh, (laughs) Well, I think, Celia, I think think what you're speaking to is, like, listen. Sorry. Oh, boy, I got a frog in my throat. I apologize. Um, Okay, so I think what you're speaking to, Celia, is, is is a very profound thing in, specifically in, like, you know, Game Boy, Game Boy Advance, like, that, that era of games where it's like you're not expecting to have kind of a profound experience on a handheld console, yeah. on, a, on a screen that's two inches wide. Uh, so the fact that, that this demo kind of touched on that to me was like, oh, dang, we're, we got something special here. If, they, if they're tapping into that feeling, like I think we're going to have, have something extremely cool on our hands here. Um, so, yeah, Campbell, I completely agree with you. That, 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 that side quest really, 
uh, really stuck with me. Um, the midden just... one was the midden one was also great. To be clear, like no, all love to midden. Uh, that that was also great. Like I love that you had to really pay attention to make that one activate. Mm-hmm. Um, that was that was very satisfying to me as well. But uh, but it didn't quite hit the same emotional beats as the uh, as the, the the Baron or the Duke or whatever we're calling him. It's okay. See the Duke. Yeah, that's emotionally that hits to your heart. Midden, yeah. uh, I guess he appeals to our senses, like of smell. S- sense of smell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. Stinky boy. Very good. Very oh, good. favorite stinks. Number one stink. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I feel like I just like. Uh, I, I don't know. I just I can't. I think of the word, but it's like infantile infant. Like I, I think of him as a little baby boy rather than like an actual mini boss. So I think that's my issue with him. Yeah, <laughs> I, I get that. Yeah. Well, kind of shifting gears a little bit, you know, talking a bit about the presentation and how the game just makes you feel as you're playing through it. I think the key thing with the presentation is Jay Kaufman's back with an absolutely incredible soundtrack already. Um, Mm -hmm. I just want to talk a little bit about that because his music is so good. What's it like having him work on an original Yacht Club IP once again? Okay, Jake is the coolest person ever. Um, besides just being a colleague, he's so friendly and nice. Like, you wouldn't expect someone to be that, like, who's that huge of a musical genius and that successful and had his name on so many different, like, monumental games to be so kind and friendly. Uh, like, literally, I say hi to him and he's like, yo, yo, what's up? And I'm like, ah, hi, Jake, good to see you. Um, but anyways, <laughs> okay, so that's me fangirling. He's so nice. But it, it's really cool. So Jake's officially a part of the Yacht Club Games crew. So, um, yeah, he's one of us. So it's it's really cool to work with him and, like, kind of hear his process. Um, we did a listening party for, because we finally had a King of Cards Shovel Knight showdown, like, uh, soundtrack release because we never got that because you know the world shut down in the panini uh, a couple years ago so we finally got to have it together and so he just like started to like show off uh, like how he develops music and how he like he just hears tunes in his head and it starts to evolve from there and there's a point to this I promise um, it's literally like his method is that the music just comes to him he like gets the feeling of the game and then in his head develops the sounds and then plays different sounds to see what reigns true to that story and it is it is so cool. So I saw that for Shovel Knight Showdown and King of Cards. And so when he started working on Gothic, a.k.a. Mina the Hollower, I was like, okay, what is he going to do? It's going to be spooky. It's going to be fun. And then he, like, he like put up, like, this one track in our um, in our chat. And he's like, oh, I've been playing around with some sounds. Here's, like, a first draft. And, it, like, he did not need to go that hard for a first draft. And I was like, where is he Where is he going to go from here? Like, what? what is he going to do? And then, uh, yeah, he the, the soundtrack that you've heard so far, those tracks, dang. His creative process is nuts because he's, wor- he's working on Dig also. He's working, you know, he worked on Pocket Dungeon. It's literally been back to back to back. He's been working on these tunes. And he'll be working on one soundtrack and be like, oh, like, you know, it would be really cool for Gothic and, like, start writing that, like, music while he's working on the other one. So... I do not know how the genius mind works, but dang, it's real cool. <laughs> <laughs> very, very cool. I mean, I, I've loved his music for basically as long as he's been putting out music. I love all of his soundtracks, so it's so exciting to hear he's officially part of the Yacht Club team and just mm-hmm. putting out so much great stuff. I mean, on the topic of merch, if you ever come out with, like, a vinyl or something at the soundtrack, I mean, I'm there day one, just saying. So <laughs> Duly noted. We'll see where the vinyl uh, 
situation is in the <laughs> near future. Um, I know, unfortunately, like with manufacturing, vinyls tend to be a little bit harder to source because, you know, yeah, there's course, like shortages, right, yeah. you know, supply Everything chain, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't know, by the time the game comes out, maybe maybe something will free up. There'll be a surplus of vinyls and everyone gets one. I'm and just Everyone saying. gets one? If you look under your chair <laughs> right you now. It, if you buy it. Uh, anyone could have them. <laughs> but speaking of vinyls, we did add, uh, for the Shovel Knight ones, we did add them to our store. So there's the collector box of every single one available right now. Actually, oh, I think nice. there's only like 20 left, but... Oh my god. For the next 20 people, available now. <laughs> okay, Cameron, can you pick up the rest of this interview? I gotta go and... Do something! I gotta go get some back. milk. I'm typing in the details as we speak. that's pretty funny um let's go let's go back to i kind of want to circle back to this um because we 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 mentioned it earlier we were talking about kickstarter uh campbell i'm 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 stealing your question here but uh just because i think it'll it's a it's a good way to kind of lead into the final few questions here um so yacht club games has obviously seen like a lot of success since since shovel knight uh initially came out uh, so, why return to Kickstarter to fund uh, Mina? That's a very good question, and we've actually gotten that a lot. Um, so, for it, uh, full transparency, uh, we are primarily funding this game. Uh, Kickstarter, sure. the main intention of Kickstarter is to build a community around it, much like we did with Shovel Knight, and to explore upon parts of the game that we thought are really cool, but you know, we could use that development um, like flow to be able to focus on it and really expand it and really flesh it out. So for Kickstarter, we're investing along with them. And with Kickstarter, it's it's really fun to pull back the curtain that you normally wouldn't do as profoundly um, during regular game development. So it's to give an opportunity for the community to be able to experience it like really hands-on. And uh, when we were playing around with the idea of doing a Kickstarter, so many people have approached us over the years being like, oh man, I missed out on Shovel Knight. Uh, I really wish I could go back in time and do that. So when we were talking about, uh, when we were launching Mina the Hollower, it's like, well, what if we did that and we gave a new opportunity and we made it bigger and better? So uh, for it, to make it bigger and better, um, our asking price of $311,503 is $1 more than the asking price for Shovel Knight's original Kickstarter. Wow. That's how inflation so works, right? Make yeah. it bigger and yeah. better, one more dollar. Let's do it. That's how it works. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. That's why I'm a PR person, not a uh, uh, mathematician. But anyways, <laughs> so <laughs> for that, um, yeah, and the, the community has been really hands-on and we're so thankful for the love and support. And together, we're really looking forward to making a splash. Yeah, I think it's safe to say that the, uh, it's quite a splash so far. Uh, currently, as we are... Oh, God, this is so funny. As we are speaking, uh, I just refreshed the Kickstarter page. We are at $996,030 for Mina the Hollower, uh, with still six days to go. So congrats to you guys. I think the commu- and, and the community that you are building is going to be great. Like, I'm, I'm already... Like I said... The updates so far are fantastic. Really looking forward to more. I should also wow. add that uh, right before, Cameron, you mentioned the, uh, how much money it's raised, I also refreshed my browser, and it was like $150 less than what you just quoted. So oh, really? it is <laughs> rising quickly. That's if we incredible. keep you hostage here, Celia, for like another 
three hours, maybe you'll cross a million. Oh my gosh, you get the live react. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> live react on the pre-recorded podcast. Shh, don't tell them that. They don't know. They don't know. <laughs> oh my god. Amazing. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, following yeah, up on the, the Kickstarter topic as well, I'm sure this is another question you've gotten before, but I want to hear it from, from you as well. Um, so this you know, you've mentioned before that the stretch goals back for the Shovel Knight campaign kind of got a little out of hand with turning into from one game into four separate games, you know. Um, so I was wondering with Mina being such a huge Kickstarter success, how are you going about managing, you know, the, the stretch goals and the updates to the game in response to the incredible reaction that it's getting? Like, how are you going about managing that and keeping that in check? So this is an all-hands-on-deck operation. Like, all of us are in the Kickstarter chat. Like, literally, we're, like, bouncing around ideas. We had countless meetings talking about what we would love to see for the stretch goals. And it was definitely a really hands-on process to, A, make sure we're not going little two bananas on things, uh, like adding on four extra games or something, but, but also making sure that things that we really would love to explore are uh, thoroughly, like, talked about. Um, for keeping the community uh, updated, yeah, it's, it's an all hands on deck, like Waz and Bridget and Sandy and Shannon, like, and Adam and like everyone's answering your questions and, and Jasper is like jumping into things too. So people that wouldn't be public facing are also are stepping up to the plate to be as transparent as possible and making sure that everyone's questions, comments, thoughts, random things are definitely addressed throughout this process. Totally. And, and that's very much appreciated too. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, all power to you for that. <laughs> it's amazing. Oh, Absolutely. Um, and uh, another Kickstarter question as well is, you know, as, as a Nintendo focused podcast, of course mm -hmm. we have to ask, you know, the Kickstarter campaign doesn't commit to any platform specifically aside from the ones in the stretch goals, like the Mac and Linux. Um, can we confirm whether this will eventually be coming to switch or not? So we cannot confirm any platforms at this time until we submit to lot check. You can never confirm because I don't know. Nintendo right. one day could be like, Nope. Um, or <laughs> Nintendo could shut down. I don't know the eShop and open up the, the no. other oh, shop, no. you know, you don't know. The other shop, I know coining that before they can. Uh, so it's kind of one of those things of, you know, with the environment, I know that PlayStation, you know, they, they have, they just came out with the five, and some people have it, some people are still waiting on it. And I know that, like, same with the Xbox, uh, like, their series console. So it's, like, literally, we don't know what's out there. Maybe, I don't know, Linux could come up with a handheld console or something. I don't know. Like, anyone out of the Soldier Boy could come out and be the biggest hit. Um, remember that Soldier Boy retro console? Unfortunately, no. I do remember that. I don't think his 50th try be... would be successful. But... <laughs> no, he was hoping. It's fine. But, like, that could come out. And then we have to, you know, be like, okay, well, let's see if we can release on that platform, too. But, I like, like, ideally, like, the goal is to get it on as many platforms as possible. But we sure. can't confirm at this time because you never know the future. Like, the Switch 2 could finally come out tomorrow. And then we'd be more focused being like, okay, well, what makes the most sense for our community? 100%. But for Kickstarter backers, for the physical version, um, when it comes that time to do our backer surveys and see what like console you'd like, we'll be sure to make sure that people are happy. So listen, as as someone who kickstarted Hyperlight Drifter 
and had requested it for the PlayStation Vita initially. Uh, you know, it's <laughs> let me just say it's always best to wait till the last possible moment. So uh, I think you guys are you're on the right track. Yeah, like oh man, having it on Vita would be so cool. Like I know people would are like, so oh, cool? it would be uh, so this is cool. A Nintendo podcast. It's, I'm sorry, I'm saying, listen. Hey, I we're not in console wars. We're fine. That's right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> listen, everyone's will, friends here. Everyone's yeah. friends here. I will take any opportunity to talk about Bloodborne and any opportunity to talk about the PlayStation Vita. Don't worry about it. Um, okay, worried. so uh, one final Kickstarter-related question, uh, Celia. So okay. Okay, I gotta know. Somebody in this in this somebody who's writing the copy for Yacht Club for this particular Kickstarter is a fan of I think you should leave because there is a very specific uh, the bones are their money joke and I lost my dang mind when I read it. Who's who's writing the kick who's writing the copy for the Kickstarter? I gotta know. So this was an all hands event. Uh, so the Kickstarter copy started out with me and Jasper uh, making an outline. Um, we like we started to like put things in. Alex started putting things in. Sean, Sandy, was uh, literally wow. all hands on deck. So I have no idea who put that in there. <laughs> oh, it's so but, good though. I, I but died. it's funny. I really like that show too. So when I saw that, I laughed. So um, yeah, and the fact that like so many people have called that out, being so excited about yes. us, tagging us on Twitter, and I'm like, you know, yes. yeah, that's funny. Um, if it's an official reference. I don't know, because no one's been like, oh, I wrote that, so I, I haven't gotten a chance to ask them, but we all think uh-huh. it's funny. So, vaguely inspired, maybe. We'll see. It's it's a very it's a very Murder on the Orient Express kind of thing, where, like, the answer is everyone did it, right? Yeah, basically. <laughs> uh, spoilers for Murder on the Orient Express, I guess. Um, oh, oops. my God. Canada. Put the warning in the front of this interview. People need yeah, to know. Yeah, that's right. Put the warning. <laughs> I, 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 I read that and I laughed so hard. Uh, and also, yeah, the, the bones are their money. It's great. Um, <laughs> I know. Oh, my gosh. Bone up. Like, when leveling up. Just bones bone in general up. has been such a funny <laughs> joke, like, in the office for so long. And now that the world knows about it, you know, it's it's a great it's a great thing. We need to make merch of that. We'll Did I laugh it, for a it, few minutes it. straight after I saw bone up flash across the screen? I mean, maybe. It's so lit. I love it. <laughs> I love just all the bones. It's just the sheer personality throughout it. I mean, also just the, I just gotta say the way that Mina does a little fist pump whenever she gets like some treasure or something. It yeah. just fills me with joy. Okay, I most love, most uh-huh. go please go ahead go ahead go ahead. Oh no, I just love how much personality that we've put into the sprites. Like I'm fanning again. It's funny. I'm PR, but I'm I'm, I'm fanning because basically for it, like besides that, um, and I think I know what you're gonna bring up, but I'll bring up something different just in case. Listen, like you when can, you, you can uh, take you can take mine if you want to. That's fine. No, I have a different one. Uh, so when you get too close to the edge, Mina starts to sweat. Like she's going like, oh no, uh, like uh, I don't want to do this, and it's so reminiscent of like those idle emana- like animations. Like when I think of Sonic, when you leave him too long, he's like tapping his foot, like where are you going, you know? And it's just I think that's it's so cute that we're giving her so much personality within the story as well through the animations and the actions of the game. You can bring up yours though. Yeah, go, well, I was go, just gonna go. say, speaking of how much personality it adds to the game. Uh, it took me a minute to, to understand what I was looking at, but every time you walk up to a rope in the Mina the Hollower demo, mm-hmm. Mina pauses for just half a second and puts on little gloves. And you can just see <laughs> yeah. her, like, put a glove on one hand, put a glove on the other hand, and it's so good. It, I, like, I, like, purposefully climbed down the rope, did it again, climbed up the rope, 
did it again. Like I just just to just to watch them do that that many times in a row. Uh, it's striking. And and props to the animators and the developers because it's it's like that's the kind of personality that people will remember and that's the kind of that's the kind of love and care and passion that Yacht Club puts into their games that makes them feel so alive and so memorable. I, I it's utterly striking and very wonderful. Thank you for catching that. Um, in general, like, yeah, there's so much tiny attention to detail for yes. anything and everything. Every sprite, every you know, pixel that you see in that game, there is so much love that goes into it. So to recognize that really warms our heart. So I'll be sure to let my colleagues know that you uh, that you spotted that. They'll, they'll oh my be god, stoked. please do, please <laughs> yeah. do, please do. It, it, it's like, it, oh man. It, not to belabor the point, but it was it was very cool to uh, to, to see that. Um, and, and again, this is one of those games. Uh, we're talking more generally now, but this really does seem to be the kind of game that is going to reward players who just pay that kind of extra special attention. Not just for the not just for the animations and the idle animations and and the the little details like that, but just stuff like, huh, that block looks breakable. What happens if I strike it? Uh, with my attack, oh my gosh, it leads to a whole new area, and that leads to a whole new NPC, and that leads to a whole new side quest. This demo, and again, it's a, it's a demo that's, you know, if you're good at it, you could probably beat it in, what, half an hour, 40 minutes? I took it, it took me an hour and 15. I don't know what this, I don't know what the, the record is, but it the, took, it took uh, me about It's like five minutes and 30 seconds? Well, uh, there you go. Somebody's <laughs> not a pro gamer here. I'm not a pro gamer. Uh, it took me, it took me an hour and 15. Uh, but, but even, and I was like pretty thorough. Even in that amount of time, it's like, okay, this is going to be the kind of game that really wants you to look in the corners of the screen. It really wants you to be like, okay, is that a grate I can, you know, burrow underneath? Is, is that a block that I can break with an attack? And I, I think that those kinds of, of, uh, those kinds of details, uh, to me, are what sticks out and makes this, is going to make this game, uh, what, I don't know, again, I can't speak to it, it's not out yet, we got a ways to go. <laughs> it's gonna be. It's gonna be. I can already tell. It's gonna be one of I my favorite games. I can double down on yeah. that, and I yeah. can't spoil much. But sure. our team likes to reward curiosity. Yes. And yes, there's yes, yes. things that I can't. Oh gosh, I wish this was released, and I'd be like, oh, look at this and that and that. Um, but there are certain things in the game that we're talking about that will definitely reward curiosity, and I'm. Ah, man, I can't say, but it's so cool. Like, oh my gosh, I'm like Mina's number one fan and the game's not even out yet. But yeah, so we love that stuff like that because yeah. growing up, you know, as gamers, you know, if, if discovering secrets, you know, finding out there, there's different ways to play the game and, oh, there's a special item here or maybe there's a picture on the wall that, that is like homage to something else that they, the developers held close to their hearts. So mm -hmm. stuff like that, you know, reign true in, in Shovel Knight. Um, and, you know, there was, like, aspects of that, you know, it was a published title, but Cyber Shadow. And so it will definitely be something to keep an eye out for. Oh, um, man. Fi finding playing. finding that uh, Super Mario Brothers reference in Cyber Shadow was such a, <laughs> such a delight. Um, uh, the alleged Super Mario Brothers. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, <laughs> I'm thinking that, yes. Thank you very uh, much. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> Some regular pipes hanging out there. Just regular pipes. Don't worry yep. about it. It's fine. Stay away from us Nintendo ninjas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Campbell, go ahead. Amazing. Well, I have a few closing questions, but before I get to that, I wanted to pass it over to Mark to see if he had any questions. Yeah, so I had, uh, I had two questions. My first one is a very simple one, which is, is Shovel Knight and Mina part of the same universe? No, they are Ooh. not. 
Gotcha. Ah. And then my second question is, I know you guys implemented multiplayer very late into Shovel Knight. I believe it was through the Amiibo support that came later down the line. But do you guys plan on implementing any sort of multiplayer content into Mina? That would be really cool. Um, but right now that's not in the pipeline. But that doesn't say that it could possibly be in the future. If we ever decide to go to that route down that route, we'll be sure to share it with everyone and we'll post it on our social media pages. Uh, if it's during development, like we're closer development than the Kickstarter page. Um, it's just that right now we're, we still have our creative pens going. So there could be a lot of cool things, but right now it's, it's hasn't been mentioned. So I'll say no for now. Yeah, gotcha. We, we got we gotcha. a ways to go on that. Gotta imagine imagine Bloodborne style invasions in Mina the Hollower. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's so cool. Wow. Oh man. Just got a bunch of little dukes and barons and stuff running across your screen. Maybe stinky guys <laughs> up in the corner. Oh man, no. Stinky guy works alone. <laughs> okay, no, he has three flies that go along with him, okay? So he's not, felt he's not so, a lone wolf. Almost alone. I felt so bad every time I, 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 I defeated that particular mini boss using the, I think it's called the gyro knife in the game. Yeah. Uh, what's, what, what, what's the, I, got, I gotta know, what's the working title for that one? Uh, stabby thing. <laughs> stabby thing. Oh my god. Yeah, I, I have I a don't... name for everything, okay? I'm so sorry. Yeah, yeah. There's no this, need this... to apologize for something as beautiful as stabby thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I felt I felt so bad every time I threw the knife and defeated the little flies. I was like, no, the, the flies are innocent. Like, they don't know what they're... It's fine. Uh, I felt bad about that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it's, it's the... It's, sorry, it's the gyro dagger. Gyro That's dagger. The, not okay. the knife, it's a dagger. Because I was like, knife... Yeah, because like there's also like the volt hatchet, which is like the the axe looking thing. Yeah, yeah. What's the uh, what's the drill thingy? What's that called? You know, I don't know. If, did we reveal the name for the drill? Oh, I don't know. I I, I I picked it up a couple of times and I used it to. Oh my gosh, there's one. <laughs> okay, I got I got to admit. Uh, okay, so you know what are those large uh, the large skeletons that are like double sized and they have like kind of like a like a oh, uh, boneheads boneheads <laughs> okay yeah. it's bonehead okay so you can kind of cheese the boneheads if you have that item you can just knock them mm -hmm. off the edge and they die instantly <laughs> um and there's one of those that's right outside of a um what do they call it the the bur the uh, the nest that you can go to the the lab oh uh the 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 under lab the underlab. Okay, yeah. so there's a bonehead that's like right outside of an underlab, and you can totally grind um, bones from him, which I which I definitely did. Uh, I cheese it a little bit. I cheese it a little bit. I I, I hate to admit it, but uh, it, it I was like I gotta get those bones. It's fine. It's appropriate. She's a mouse. Like it's She's fine. A mouse. <laughs> she wants that cheese. Uh, anyway, cheese uh, <laughs> sorry, Camel. Go ahead. No, that was all the questions I actually had written out um, for Mina the Hollower. So I was wondering if you had any closing messages for our listeners to know about Mina the Hollower? Yeah, of course. Uh, so if any of the listeners want to hear more information about Mina the Hollower, check out MinaTheHollower.com. It reacts to our Kickstarter, which gives you all the information about the game that we've announced, uh, the story. Uh, you get to learn a little bit more about Mina, what it means to be a Hollower. You get to learn about Lionel Barron. Uh, he's a real cool guy. He's a long-term friend of Mina's. Uh, you want to know more information? Check out the Kickstarter. There's uh, information about Brittlebeaks. is like the weird little bird bat things. I called them bird bats. So that's... 
uh, why there's that. Uh, they're like more like bird skeletons, but like, I don't know, the sprite just looks like a bird bat to me. So anyways, it really does. so there's more information about that. Um, if you want more information about any of our other games, you can check us out at yachtclubgames.com or follow our social media pages. We're at Yacht Club Games on literally everything. We have consistent branding. So if you want to check us out on Twitter, Twitch, on uh, Facebook, on Instagram, we just made a TikTok. So we have that too. We're all at Yacht Club Games. Um, and thank you guys for listening and a big, big shout out to all of our backers out there. We really appreciate your love and support. Um, we're really looking forward to doing really cool things with you. And Celia, we appreciate you. I mean, Aww. this is amazing. And maybe I lied about that being the last question because there's one very, very important, non-mean of the hallower related question oh, that I want yeah, to ask. What's up? This is so important. So okay, you've yeah. been on the show three times now. Yes. We've talked about a bunch of different things each time you've been on, about ninjas, about pocket dungeons, about adventurous mice. But there's one yes. thing we've talked about every single time. I know it's shovel night pot. It's shovel night dig. Uh -huh. What's happening with it? I thought you were gonna ask about the waifu dungeon, and I feel very betrayed. <laughs> okay, that's that's your thing to ask about. I know. Yeah, that, okay, that we usually uh, talk about the opening, but yeah, you're right. Oh, we didn't this time. Yeah. Okay, so scrap what's the interview. Do it what's, again. <laughs> well, okay, but what's happening with Shovel Knight Dig while you're in your manga dungeon? Huh? Okay. Huh? Well. Okay, so Shovel Knight Dig is nearing the end of production. We're really excited about uh, being able to oh. share it with you guys. Um, in our Yacht Club Games Presents, we've revealed um, another level that you're going to be exploring in uh, in Shovel Knight Dig. So you can check that out on our YouTube channel. We have the full video there. But anyways, um, it's in our Presents. Watch it. Okay, so for it, um, so yeah, we, uh, we revealed the Grub Pit, uh, which is a very... Uh, I would say creepy crawly level that you're going to experience there. Um, we also gave some more background information on Scrap Night. Um, we revealed her relation to the heck of ex uh, the hexcavators, so that's fun. So check it out. But yeah, we're really excited to share more about the game. More to come soon. Stay tuned. But it's nearing the end of development, and it's looking real cool. It is looking so cool. And, like, I loved what you showed off in the last presents, but I was like, well, where's the release date? You know? Like, that's all I was <laughs> waiting for. Stay so. tuned. Because <sighs> the thing is, though, is with release dates that we don't like to give them until, you know, it's approved and submitted to lock check, and we mm -hmm, know that right. we're going to hit this date. Because, you know, you never know. I don't know. There's a lot of things going on in the world right now that oh could definitely God. slow down anything and everything, you know? <laughs> so... And, you know, it's kind of one of those things where, you know, we're, we're a people first company. So if something's going on, like, you know, and it, it makes more sense to hold off or whatever, you know, we'll, we'll see how things go, but we're nearing end development and we're so excited to get the game out in the world. Um, once we have a confirmed release date, we'll be sure to announce it on our social media pages and website. So stay tuned guys. And thank you for asking about it. Cause we we're excited. Stay so tuned and we will ask about it every opportunity we get. So okay, don't cool. worry about that. Um, <laughs> and, 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 and seriously though, thank you for taking the people first approach too. And rather than, you know, crunching it out or anything, yeah. it's really great to hear that mm -hmm. you're putting your priorities in the right place with that. Um, and now that we've talked about that, is there anything you want to say about your waifu dungeon too? You know, it's it's going. Um, nice. <laughs> it's definitely going. I haven't expanded it yet. Um, I might remodel the waifu dungeon closet, so we'll see how that goes. Mm, wow. uh, I want to get shelving there. 
Uh, it's gonna be real great. So <laughs> that's my update about my wife dungeon. That's amazing. Uh, AKA my I, office. <laughs> I'd love. That. I have. A, I know a couple of home organizers I can uh, point you to if you need that. Um, oh sweet. We will definitely uh, be in talks. <laughs> fair enough. Yeah. Uh, Celia, this has been great. Thank you so much for taking the time and for uh, tell. I feel. I don't know. I feel like we learned so much about this game, and oh, I'm yeah. so excited to to uh, to continue to you know to watch its development. Um, if you are interested in more about Mina the Hollower, the Kickstarter is still live for another few days. Uh, it ends in the first week of March. I want to say March 6th. Is that correct? Third. It third. Ends Thank March you. March 3rd. March 3rd. So, yeah. March 3rd, 2022. So you still got time to get some of those sweet, sweet backer rewards. Uh, cannot wait to see where this game goes. And uh, yeah, it's going to be great. Uh, I've been your host, Cameron Daxon. You can find some more of my writing over on Goombastomp.com. I am at Action Daxon on Twitter. I do have pieces up on Goombastomp about... Uh, I do discuss the demo of Mina the Hollower, so I have a short piece about that, as well as a piece uh, just recently published about Horizon Forbidden West, the latest Sony uh, AAA open-world game. Uh, so make sure you check that out. Uh, Mark, where can people find you? Find me at the Markel. That, of course, is Mark with the C, Cal with the K. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter, and right now up on GoopaStop.com. Of course, we have uh, coverage for Horizon Forbidden West. I almost said Zero Dawn. I always do that. And, of course, uh, Pokemon Legends Arceus, still continuing with that. And I will have a review. Oh, I don't know if I could say it. No, I can say it. It's out now. Uh, Grapple Dog. I will have a review out for that one very soon. Oh, cannot wait to talk more mm -hmm. about Grapple Dog with you uh, next week. <laughs> um, and Campbell, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at CampbellSkill, uppercase CSG, and you can find all my games writing at Goombastomp.com. We've got a brand new indie game spotlight that should be coming out this weekend, as well as some write-ups about our previous conversations with WayForward that happened a few weeks ago on the show, so you can check out those articles for highlights of those conversations. So go check that out if you want to learn a little more about some other cool indie games. But of course, we're we're most interested in uh, yacht club games. One hundred percent, yes. Very special guest, three-time <laughs> returning champion Celia Schilling. Uh, Celia, I know we already did this, but please, why don't you shout out your socials again? If you if you say anything personally, you want to plug, feel free. Oh yeah, sure. Okay, so for yacht club games, you can check out all our yacht club games content at yachtclubgames.com. Yay, consistent branding. We're yacht club games on Twitter, on Twitch, on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Give us a follow. We post really cool things. And, of course, the game that we were talking about the whole time, if you want more information about Mina the Hollower, visit MinaTheHollower.com. It's real cool. If you want even more Mina the Hollower content, try checking out our art contest. It's open until February 27th at 11.59 Pacific Standard Time. So enter any fun creations. It can be a painting. It could be a sculpture. It could be beat art it could be literally anything we look forward to seeing your awesome creations prize tiers include the 500 dollars kickstarter backer tier with all the cool stuff included there's also second place tier which is 250 dollars kickstarter tier and lastly there's the 100 dollars tier which is our third place prize so we look forward to seeing your entries and uh good luck followers and then personally, if you want to see me retweet pictures of cats or of my own cat, his name is Schmutz, he's real cool. Uh, my Twitter is at Celia B with three E's. Uh, so yeah, and I also have a retro gaming Instagram, Kosher Gamer. Check it out, it's real fun. And that's, <laughs> oh, uh, 
That's, That's my a plugs. Beautiful name. Thank you. I did not know that. I'm gonna follow that right now. Uh, great. And of course, N Express is also on social media. We are on Twitter at N Express Nintendo, and we're of course available to download, follow, uh, rate, review, all that good stuff on the podcast platform of your choice. Uh, N Express Nintendo Podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you next time. 